pain government. And I pray, dear God, that you will have your way, that you will rebuke the devil, make him flee from us. He's not in control. And I ask you to bless. Lord, we need a blessing here tonight from you. All those, Lord, that's in the hospitals and nursing homes and rehabs. Lord, they need your company. They just need your presence with them. We ask you for that. But we need here tonight you to bless us. This coming forward today, Lord, and all that come, and we pray there be many, but all that does come, we pray that the Holy Spirit will speak through us to reach hearts and souls for your honor. Bless us tonight now in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turn your Bibles, please, to Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42. And I want to begin to read in verse 1. Isaiah 42 and verse 1. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not, but Francis Ridley Haverzogal was a great writer of lovely hymns. She wrote hundreds of hymns in her short 43 years before she died. But when she lay dying, she asked a friend to read to her Isaiah chapter 42. And as the one reading to her reached verse 6, Francis was heard to make a running commentary on that one verse. She said, Called, held, kept, used, and I think I will go on there. And she died. What I want to do tonight is take Isaiah 42 and use those words that she was blessed with just before she died, beginning in verse 1. Behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delight. I put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry nor lift up, nor cause his horse to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth. And the owls shall wait for his law. Thus God the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thine hand, and will keep thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles, to open the eyes, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prisoners, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. Father, Bless us, each one, tonight. We need a blessing. We ask you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I was reading and studying these words, and I, I call them five links in a golden chain. And when you think about uh, we Christians as loved, called, held, kept, and used. Now, all Scripture, when you study in the Bible, has a primary application 
and it has a secondary application. And anyone who studies the scriptures, especially Psalm, uh, Isaiah 42, know that this uh, is primarily talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. And But through faith, those that believe in the Lord Jesus, the Bible says that we're into the union with Him. We're in Him. So these things that I'm fixing to bring out to your attention also can be applied to us. The glorious truth is, what is said in prophecy here of Christ is also true for us who are in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we can apply these to each one of us. Five links in a golden chain. First of all, we're loved. In verse 1, Behold you, behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighted. Now as we have said these words are primarily spoken to the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, by the Heavenly Father. They declare the Father's love for His Son five times in the book of John. Jesus is declared by John to be God's only begotten Son. But these words are also true of us. It's hard to understand how God can love us when we have to say of ourselves what Job said of himself in Job 40 verse 4. I am vile. Now everybody will examine themselves know that us human beings are vile people. It's not hard to understand how God can uh, love uh, a good person. But when you understand the Bible that God loves us sinners, when we know that our hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, according to Jeremiah 17, verse 9, says, when we know ourselves, as we all must do, we have to marvel at the grace of God who loves us so. He delights in us, not in our sin, not in our unworthiness, but in the new position into which the child of God has been brought through faith in Christ. We are being clothed in His righteousness, according to Isaiah 61 and verse 10. I've made this statement many times, trying to explain God's salvation and how that you can't lose your salvation. Somebody says, well, every time I sin, I lose my salvation. And God sees my sin. No, we don't. If you're saved by God's grace, God applies His blood to your sin, and we're under the blood, and when God, the Heavenly Father, looks at us through the blood of Jesus Christ, we become white as snow. Now the Psalms tell us that, and I know it's that's the Word of God. And so, if I'm in Christ Jesus, He no longer looks at my sins and how sinful I am. He looks at me through Jesus Christ. Now all the time, we're cast down, we're discouraged, Sometimes the devil tempts us to believe that because of the unworthy, our unworthiness, God no longer loves us. But he's a liar and a father of it. In John 13, verse 1, John tells us that Jesus, knowing that soon he must depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. I laughed at old Holy preacher one time. After I got saved, I was witness to him, and many of them were talking about being saved. 
And he said, you got to hold out to the end. I said, well, brother, when I get to heaven, I'll hold out to the end. Amen? Because I know I'm going. Now, this means, though, when we read this, John 13, verse 1, Jesus loved them all the way through. He loved, his, his love never fails. He never failed Peter. He loved doubting Thomas and his other disciples. All uh, forsook him and fled. But in Hebrews 13, verse 8, he is the same yesterday, today, forever. Now that might not mean a lot to some people, but it means everything to me because if he ever loved you once, he loves you the same. He don't change. His love never changes. And we can rejoice in God's great love. Now, I, I, we've been talking to some people lately visiting and, and realizing that so many don't understand. They think they're alone. They think God has done something to them because of their problems and everything. But now they're children of God and they still don't understand that God still loves them. And I can, I can, from the Word of God, assure them and give them the comfort that Jesus still loves them. Amen? So we marvel at His love. Secondly, we are called. Verse 6 says, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness. This tells us two things. This tells us that the Lord, who had loved us from all eternity, calls us and puts our, puts our tr trust in Him, though to trust Him as our Lord and Savior. Then, number two, it also tells us that God has a plan and a purpose for our life. Now, I believe this, and, and I've watched it over the years of how people get saved by God's grace, and then God uses them in different ways. God has a purpose for each child of God. And they're not always the same. Somebody said they're all like they all everybody needs to be like the preacher. Or everybody needs to be like a and they'll name somebody that's a great Christian they think and they'll say we all need to be like him. No. We need to be like we are. I never will forget going to a very educated Christian man in the Word of God right after I got saved because of my language and, and the way I talk as an old country boy. And I said, I'm, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to study. I want to get my voice better and my language better. And I even got a dictionary and started studying the dictionary. And the meaning of every word. And I wanted to change uh, the way that I was. And he looked across the desk at me and he said, uh, Brother Strong, how did God call you? He said, I said, well, just like I am. And he wants to use you like you are. Don't be somebody else. Just be you. Now, Revelation 13, verse 8 said, He is the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Then in Psalms 40, verse 7 and 8, he, It is said of him, Then said I, Though I come in the volume of the book, is written of me, I delight to do thy will, O God. And in the fullness of time, the Father sent His Son to be the Savior of the world, 1 John 4, verse 14. And Christ came in the world to save sinners. Now, when we first put our trust in the Lord as our Savior, we discovered that God not only loved us and saved us by His grace, but He also has called us. First, He has called us to salvation. Secondly, He's called us to service. 
In 2 Timothy 1, 9, John 15, 16, talks about that when God saves you, He calls you into His service. We are soldiers in His army. Often we are associated the call of God with preaching, or music directors, or youth directors, or evangelists, or missionaries, or some office that somebody holds in some assembly. But God has called everybody that He saves. God also calls housewives and mothers and dads and electricians and office workers and doctors and lawyers and you could go on and on. God calls people. Amen? And I love that. And I've watched it over the years how God uses people. The same Lord who called His Son to be our Redeemer calls us not only to salvation but also to the life work of His choosing. And that work is found in the place where He puts us. The most important thing we can do is discover God's will for our life and remain in it. Whether it be the home or an office or some far off mission field. The first Christians were not professional evangelists. They were personal evangelists. Acts chapter 8 verse 4 says they went everywhere preaching the word and we are called to do the same thing. Thirdly, we're held. Look at verse 6 again. The Bible says, I the Lord will hold thy hand. Now think of this. Of all the saved born again people in the world today, yet God holds my hand. You think about that. And your hand. And every Christian's hand, every individual. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. As you're talking about your son, and I think of verses like this, do you know if he ever realized, if he ever realized, God's got me. God can help me. God can do it. Amen. And he will do it. And he will not let you go. He holds you. Always remember this. Uh, when we are the most fearful, when we're the most troubled, when we're the most heartbroken, when we're the weakest, Jesus will help us. Jesus will uphold you with his right hand. A great preacher friend of mine once told of a time he had such fear of going to the pulpit to preach before the congregation that he finally one day said to his doctor he went to for a complete checkup. After a thorough examination, his doctor pronounced him 100% fit. His doctor was a Christian man. And he turned to him and said, Preacher, I could give you something to take away these awful feelings of insecurity and apprehensions which lay you low before you appear in public, but I'm not going to do it. Because if I did, you would lose your sense of absolute dependence upon the Lord, which is essential to you if you are to be fruitful in the Lord's service. And that preacher told of how ashamed he felt. He said, Could I not acknowledge before the Lord that I believe wholeheartedly that when I am weak, 
then am I, then am I strong. Second Corinthians 12, verse 10. And yet at the same time, trust the Lord to banish my fears so I could go forward to serve Him completely, confidently, in fullness of His strength and with joy. Here's what I'm talking about, just to give you an illustration. When God called me to preach, I was scared to death. I was so fearful of standing before people, and I wanted to be... Ever since I got saved, there's one thing that I want to be dead sure of. If I say anything about God, I want it to be 100% true, true by the Word of God. If I witness to somebody about the Lord, I want to be 100% true from the Word of God. And my fear is that I would slip up and make a mistake and say something that's not true by the Word of God. And brother, every preacher, everyone that stands before the Lord to serve the Lord, you don't want ever lose that. Don't lose that fear. You need it. It will keep you straight. It will keep you uh, conscious of, i got to study. i got to get it all down where I know what I'm talking about. And I, I talked to Brother Roy one day, and he made this statement to me as a young preacher. And uh, he said, uh, Brother Strong, you have no right to ever go in the pulpit and say, I think. You don't have that right. You have a right to go in the pulpit and say, I know this is true by the Word of God. You don't think about it. And there's so many people that today I see these preachers being interviewed on TV and I read books where they're interviewing and talk to them about their ministry. And, and In fact, I, I got a book by a famous preacher one time and there's question and answers. And I said, man, i got to have this book. Because I really loved the, the, the preacher that I was reading behind. And the whole book was, he would read, he would, somebody would send him in a question, and he would, he would say, this is what I think. And after reading a couple of chapters, I said, I don't care what you think. I want to know. Amen? That's the whole thing. And you don't lose that apprehension. You don't lose that fear. You want God to, uh, you want to wholly lean on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank God He'll help me. Amen. He'll. The fourth word is we are kept. In verse 6 again says, I the Lord will keep thee. You know it's wonderful to be held by the Lord. But it's more wonderful that His holding guarantees His keeping. This simply means the one who holds us assumes the responsibility then of our lives from beginning to the end. Now, if I really believe that, I, the Lord, will keep thee. How can you believe then you can lose your salvation? You can't. Philippians 1, 6 says, He which has begun a good work in us will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know about you, that's long enough for me. And 2 Timothy 4, verse 18 says, The Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me or keep me until His heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank God we don't do the keeping. God does the keeping. And He is able to keep us. And He will not fail. You know, I, I was listening to a 
famous preacher years ago and reading behind him and he was talking about security of the believer and in his sermon or in his wordings he said you know I would love to help a lot of people that I know and uh, I want to help them I have a desire to help them but he said I can't help them because I don't have enough money I don't have enough power I can't help them he said you know what I like about my Lord and Savior he not only wants to help me and desires to help me but he can help me amen now that's security and we're kept by the Lord finally we're used in verse 6 and 7 please our Lord have called thee in righteousness and will hold thy hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people for a life of the Gentiles to open the blind eyes to bring out the prisoners from prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house you know God loves us he calls us he holds us by the hand and he keeps us and the wonderful of all wonders is that he can use us just as God the Father gave his son sent him into the world to save sinners so also we have been sent by him to make known his saving grace to men, women, and children. In John 20, verse 21, Jesus said, As my Father sent me, even so send I you. If we'd ever get a hold of verse 6 and verse 7, you know why God sends you? He sends you to open the blind eyes. You know unsaved people can't see the truth of the Word of God? That's what we're sent for. And to bring out a prisoner from the prison that is... I met so many people that the devil's got, it seemed like, in his grip, and they just can't get out of it. I got news for you. God can use me to reach that person, to get that, to let them know that Jesus can help them get out of it. I want you to watch something for a light to the Gentile. In other words, we're to open the blind eyes that can't understand the word of God as prisoners of the devil and set them free out of darkness and out of the prison house. That's our job. That's being used as the Lord. And that's what we're supposed to be used for. Amen? I love this chapter. And I, I could say with that lady long ago, I could go home with that. Pray with me. Father, bless your people tonight. It's so wonderful we have the Word of God and we can rely on it and enjoy it. Bless us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Take him for somebody, please. Just one moment. I wrote it down. Francis Ridley Havergal. H-A-V-E-R-G-A-L. How's that? I got her book. And I'll have to read it. Thank you, ma'am. Where are you going? Come back here. You want to come back here?